0: to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Brent Aiken, David Pruitt, and Russell Martin. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, David Pruitt. Hello and welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we want to welcome you and invite you over to our website, www. student ministry org where you can find all of our previous episodes our show notes blog articles and much much more our goal is that you are inspired encouraged and that the things that you hear on this podcast would equip you to be a better student pastor for the church that you are serving in all right let's get to it today we are sitting down with one of our new hosts for Student Ministry Conversations. We're super excited for you guys to get to know Melissa. Uh, She is the Youth Director at First Methodist. She is a student at uh, McMurray there in Abilene, Texas, um, as well as a whole bunch of other things. So please tell us a little bit about
1: yourself. Well, let's see. I've got the two kiddos, um, middle schooler and elementary, but we are so close to being middle school and high school, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, My husband's a band director, so we're all about the school district in general. Um, And then I'm a Girl Scout leader, so um, I have Girl Scout troop here that actually meets at the church. Speaking of, the church is next to the railroad tracks, which is what is happening right now. So you might hear a train. And uh, so we have Girl Scout troop here, but I'm also one of the service unit managers. So over all of the troops in Abilene. Um, And then I'm a facilitator for the council, which means I get to train new leaders in all 81 counties of um, of Girl Scouts of Texas, Oklahoma, Plains. And that's one of my favorite things to do right now um, because the impact it's making. Like I get to train these new leaders who are then at least having five girls in their troop to make a new troop. And so I got 20 moms or people on um, trainings on Zoom and that's a hundred kids that I'm affecting in that one moment. So that's one of my my favorite parts. There's a lot of impact in that.
0: For sure, that's awesome. Man, you think about like all the different ways that you can serve, you have a huge impact in your area and even surrounding area, which is really cool. Um, so today we're going to be talking about um, that very thing, right? Uh, the big thing that we're talking about today is serving outside of the church. And this is obviously something that you know a lot about and you're very passionate about. And so um, we'll let you take it away and talk about serving outside of the
1: church. Well, okay. So let's talk about service outside of the church. So that's kind of a big deal because we all feel like we're, well, we're serving in the church. It's our job, right? Um, so what does that mean in first place? So community service is service to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're are, you're not being compensated monetarily, um, goods and services, all that jazz, um, and you're willingly doing it. So we can, We also think of community service sometimes as a court-mandated thing, um, and that's kind of not what I'm talking about right now. I want the stuff that you are gladly giving your heart to. Psalms 100.2. We were reading that one the other day. But it can bring up some funny feelings in church people because I'm either I'm guilty because I'm not spending enough time doing service outside the community, or I'm doing I'm not doing enough in my church because I'm spending time doing this, or it can bring up some exhaustion. You're already peopling all day. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in the office, you're either problem solving for people, you're planning for people, or you're just praying for people. Um, And so that's a lot of peopling. And sometimes we can be like, oh, going home and sitting on that couch sounds so much better watching reruns of the office where you don't have to think. Like that sounds so much better than going out and talking to more people out in the world. Um, So it can be exhausting, right? Um, There's that spoon metaphor, have y'all heard that one? So it's usually used in um, groups of people that, uh, that have diseases or disabilities that make everyday life more exhausting, like just more difficult. And so you only have so many spoons when you get up in the morning of energy. And if you use a whole spoon, getting your kids out the door to school, and then you use a whole spoon for a staff meeting, and then you use a whole spoon because a family calls you in crisis, your spoons are running out rather quickly. Um, And so sometimes we can run out of spoons before we get to the end of the day. And then how am I supposed to think, even just think about helping other people? And then that last one is anger or resentment because I serve people all day. Why do I have to go serve more people? But the question you have to ask yourself is, would I be doing this activity if I was not employed by this church or organization? Um, there's meetings that I go to once a month that I would not go to. They'd be unnecessary um, if I was not employed here. Um, I would probably still go talk to the youth if I randomly lost my job tomorrow um, because I feel like they're cool people and they need me in their life. Um. But I would not be cleaning the toilets in that building right over there, the youth building, if I was not working here. So when you're thinking about serving in your community, if you were not employed at the church, would you be doing that um, food drive? Would you be doing that um, uh, uh, road cleanup, the trash cleanup that we take the youth and go do? Uh, Would you be doing those activities? So if it's yes, then okay, great. Community service. Yay! if it's no then that's your job so but that can kind of like be a little resentful like i i help all the time other people need to help but there's there's reasons for all that
0: for sure there's definitely man i feel like you really hit that on the on the head there like um if we don't understand the perspective of all of that like If we just look at it like a job or an obligation, um, resentment happens and burnout happens so fast. But when we see it as this is something that we get to do and the passion, and I know that that can be a really difficult switch to flip, um, especially if you're already in that place of burnout. Um, But I think that's really, really important. So you kind of talked about why we should serve. um, But I think let's let's actually get into the practical side of that um, because it's You know, if you've been listening this long, you're like, okay, you're right. I need to be serving in my community. How you know, what do we do? How where do we go? You know, let's start to answer those questions. So the question here is, what am I passionate about and how can I use my gifts out in the community?
1: That's a great question. So you'd really have to kind of look inside yourself and go, what do I like to do? What makes me happy doing that or even just what gives me contentment, right? Um, I get like that satisfaction feeling. That's a big thing right now um, of the weirdest things like entering things in a spreadsheet, which sounds really boring, but because it's a job well done and done, it gives me that satisfaction. So that can really help you find where you can help in your community. If you really like cooking for people, absolutely go to the food pantry, the food bank, the we have Bob's and Abilene, um, the breakfast on beach street, um, go help that way. If that's not your gig, don't do that. (laughs) Don't go do something that you're not going to like, because I mean, there is a point of community services for the community, but if it makes you miserable, that's not what God wants for you. That's just not. Um, and so if you really like science, Let's see if we can find a STEM program that needs some volunteers in town, um, especially working with at-risk, at-risk kids, because we already do that anyway. We already, um, A, half of us are already background checked and certified in things. Um, but where can we use the things we already know how to do? If you're really good at budgeting, um, maybe host a budgeting workshop for other people. Um, if you, uh, what is my normal ones I give to Girl Scout leaders? Uh I usually say if you're, you've are you got a mom that works at a bank, then she's your treasurer. And so like things you already do in your everyday life, how can you work those into community service? Um, if you really like paperwork, find somewhere that needs like a, a nonprofit organization that needs help stuffing envelopes. Um, one of the things that we did as a youth group that really has the same kind of feeling is we worked at a... Um, kids shelter so it was a youth shelter for kids under the age of 18 but it wasn't necessarily foster care. Um, but they would get donations of clothing all the time. And so someone needed to go in and sort these bags of clothes into gender and age and appropriate wear like is this for prom or is this for school or is this for work? Um, and if we went and did that, someone that is just I know how what clothes look like, um, that meant the counselors could actually counsel people. So if you're looking at a nonprofit, what is something you can take off their plate? Um, If you can go in and um, bring them coffee one day or something like that, where it's something that you already know you know how to do, or um, stuffing envelopes is the best example of that. That doesn't require thought. It doesn't require education. It doesn't require a degree, Um, but it will take their time from doing something else that they could be doing better by you doing that. So find your passions. What do you just like to do?
0: That's huge. Oh, man. Um, and there are so many organizations. I just think about like the inroads that we can, we can create. I mean, you never know what kind of um, incredible relationships that that can open up in the future. For your entire church, not just your youth ministry, which is always huge. Um, one of the things we love to do here, um, we started thinking about how we could serve our teachers. We've got a daycare that's here Monday through Friday and a Christian school here Monday through Friday. And so ultimately, you've got 20 plus teachers that are uh, teachers and, and subs and all kinds of other stuff that are in our building um, Monday through Friday. And they do a lot of work. And um, so we started thinking, how can we serve them? Because... You know, um, organizations in town think about teachers, but a lot of times they don't think about sort of the auxiliary teachers, so to speak, like with your private schools, your daycares and stuff like that. They're teachers, too, and they work really hard. Um, And so... We started thinking through, like, what are some things we're passionate about? I'm very, very passionate about coffee. I love coffee. I love serving coffee. I love making coffee. And so we did, like, a big hot cocoa bar and coffee bar um a few little snacks and stuff. And we tr- we try to do that at least once a semester um, for all the teachers. And it's just a way just to say thank you for all you're doing. You're seen. you're loved, you're cared about you know, and and we leave it open all morning um, and we'll kind of take shifts and stuff. Because let's be honest, sometimes you need more than one cup of hot chocolate. So, you know, get one when you first get there. And at 10 o'clock when you're already starting to crash again, go get another one. You know, like it's just little things like that that make a bigger impact than sometimes we realize. So keeping this this going, I really like the idea of being able to serve and being able to serve out of your passion and the gift. It's probably the thing besides just Jesus loves you and died on the cross to save you that I preach the most um, to our students, um, using our passions or gifts, because I believe that God has, has called every single person to something and you can use those things, whether you're called to be in full-time ministry or ministry in your job, whatever it is, I believe that we're all called to serve. Um, so Maybe again, maybe you're listening. And you're like, okay, all right, I can, I can serve, I can use my passions and gifts. Where, <laughs> you know, like, uh, my wife is always one that, right. like, for me, I get an idea and I'm like, I don't, I don't care what the expectations are. We're just gonna make it happen. We're creative. We're gonna make it happen. My wife is like, um, I need expectations. I need the ABCs C's and the one two threes, and I need, and I need it all written out, and we need to like meet like four or five times. So for those of you guys who are very analytical type A people like my wife, um, I would encourage you to then, so you want to serve, you know what your gifts are, I think you need to begin to ask the question, what are the biggest needs in your community? Uh, Melissa kind of touched on on some of those things, but like, what are the biggest needs in your community and how can you help? Uh,
1: Let's see so we get to meet new people that's a great part of serving right um i had a a pastor who was really excited when his five-year-old is going to start the soccer at ymca because he got to meet new people i was like what is why are you so excited about this they're five and he goes i get to meet new people that are not coming to church with me and so we get to meet new people that maybe we can then invite to church or even i mean just tell them about jesus like that's part of discipleship right there um and then we're already asking others to volunteer at church, right? And so we're asking someone who already is working a full-time job and then, hey, come hang out with the youth in the evening when we're not doing that ourselves. And so sometimes that's good for your program, um, just to so other people see that I, you're giving back to the community as well. And you're putting yourself out there just the same way you're asking somebody else to do that um and then it's also good for you there's some good reasons um in your like it just in your soul it's good for you um but it's also good to see in your community where other people are helping right um there are some great organizations that have a list of here's the places that you can help out in your community um i go to a couple of meetings during the, the month that are specifically about that um and so then i find out where we can all help in the community and then i share that with everybody that i can think of other youth pastors the church in general um because sometimes it is hard to find those places like where is a really cool place that i want to help um and here's the interesting thing you don't know where that they need help they don't know we, you want to help so sometimes putting those two things together is difficult but we just have to find the places um so we got to talk to people um talk to other organizations that you are already involved in and say, hey, these are things that I would like to do. Do you know of anybody else that needs help? Because they do, they network, they they talk, um, they use their resources wisely. Oh, that's Girl Scouts. Um, and where they they know that if um, I need blah, 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 and this organization over here has extra of blah, 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 that's when they talk to each other. And so if they have extra people, hey, go help over there. Um, And so talk to the ones you're already involved in, that's gonna be a biggest step. Um, But Find out where the helpers are in your community, find out other people that already already volunteer, find out what they're doing. Um, And that's gonna be a a really good step since I can't just tell everybody in what community you live in, go talk to blah, 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 because it's all different. Um, Every community is different, every community has different needs. And, um, And so sometimes you have to do a little work, but it's easy, it's talking to people. We do that all the time, like it's literally our jobs. So go talk to some people and you find some great places to serve.
0: Well, and I'll even throw out there, too, because now, again, this is this is specific to our community. But I know there's a lot of communities that are in the same boat. Um, The school system really needs subs. Um, And I think and maybe that's just a Texas thing. I don't know. But every town I've lived in, um, we've had like specifically for us, our junior high is really desperately needing more teachers. And because of that, and they're like, right now we've got flu going around and strep and stomach bug. Um, I was at the junior high this morning and we had several teachers that normally get together to pray. Um, and they, um, a lot of them were out today. Um, and so It's definitely a huge, huge need. And so so sometimes just being able to go to your schools and and, and if you're a church that is, or sorry, if you're a community that is struggling to get into the school system, that might be your in or out. You know, um, I know a lot of youth pastors are like, you get to like go eat with your students at the school and you get to like do FCA and lead worship. And yeah, like this morning I led worship. Our pastor spoke. Um, I pray with the teachers every Wednesday morning. Like that's just, It's like normal for us. But I know that that is really difficult for a lot of different positions, like where the school won't let you in. And so maybe that's an opportunity to say, Hey, um, I know. And I realize by saying this, you might be going, I have too much on my plate. You're asking me to now go work another day, like on my day off. I am. And, and here's why, even if you don't do it every single week, As a sub, you get to choose your schedule. You can either take a job or don't take a job. I mean, it's totally up to you. But say you have an open Friday and you're like, you know, I've got this open Friday and I'm just gonna go up to the junior high and sub or the high school or elementary school or what whatever, you know, and and, and start to have those conversations. You're there. Talk to the principals. Say, hey, I'm really subbing, not because I need the money. I'm subbing because I want to, I want to serve you guys. I want to support you guys. And I was just wondering, like, would it be okay if I'm I'm not necessarily saying that I'm going to do this out loud or anything, but would it be okay if while I'm going down the halls, just kind of pray for the different teachers or would it be okay um, if I got here just a little bit early and sat at one of the tables and just prayed? Um, And if they say yes, press them a little further. Would it be okay if I invite other teachers? to come pray with me, see what they say. If they say no, okay. So you're going to start by praying by yourself. And when they see you consistently coming up to the school and praying, all it takes is one, this. And you might be saying this sounds like way specific. It worked for us. Um, we began to ask if we could pray and they're like, okay. Well, then they started noticing we were doing it every single week. And other teachers that were believers were like, well, we want to come pray. And they're not going to tell us no. It's School hasn't even started yet. So they began to pray with us. One teacher joined, and then another teacher joined, and another teacher joined, and we've got, like, a full table. We've had times where we've had to put tables together because the teachers are there cool. praying. And the other cool thing, too, is when they know you're praying, now the principals come up to us. Now, granted, we've got amazing principals now, but I remember when we didn't. Um, but they will literally come up uh, after FCA and say, hey, do you have an extra hour we are having a really tough week. The students are just not behaving. Will you go around the hallways and just pray? Will you, like, touch a door or something and pray? And it's just like, whoa, okay. Like, And sometimes it's like, hey, will you actually sit in on this class? Because sometimes just having an extra person that these kids trust. And it's given us a lot of in-routes at the school and it's pretty incredible. Um, so I would definitely encourage you. That is a massive need. I think in most communities, um, even if the door isn't open, kick it open. I'm giving you permission, kick the door open, (laughs) make it happen. (laughs) Yes. They may not know that they need you, but I promise you, these schools need us. They do. Maybe that's cocky to say, but (laughs) I think they do. Um, and maybe that's just coming from a guy whose wife is a teacher. <laughs> um, but I think I think that um, obviously those are a couple of specific things. But I think that can that can go for so many other opportunities, um, whether that's. In your in your schools or something, uh, just like Melissa said, there are there are so many people that have big needs and they may not even realize it. You know, like if you go to your local YMCA or whatever you might have, um, or you go to a. Um, like a clothes closet or something, they may be totally overwhelmed praying for something and their job doesn't have the, or their organization maybe doesn't have the money to hire another person. And you going in there and just saying, hey, I got a youth group and we're willing to help you guys out this week that may take a huge load yes. off somebody. And um, I'm telling you, it, it could bless them just as much as it can bless you um, and definitely your students because you're teaching your students the importance of serving as well. So there's that gives you more events that you can do. That gives you more community outreach stuff that you can do as a student ministry, but it also gives you something that you can do personally. I, th- I think that's really cool. Um, like what Melissa was saying earlier is it, it gives you yeah. that satisfaction of, you know, when we're doing stuff for our church, most of the time it's like, yeah, this is my church and I'm passionate and I want to do as much as I can for my church. But sometimes, like, let's just be completely honest, as youth pastors, it's it's a fairly thankless job. And so sometimes being able to just do something for you, even mm-hmm. if nobody says thank you, you know you're making a difference and you're not getting paid for it. So you're, you know the rewards are, you know kingdom rewards, so to speak. And so that can be huge. Finally, I want to ask this last question as we kind of wrap this, this part of the conversation up. Um, what is some advice that you would give someone who is struggling with seeing the importance of serving?
1: They're too busy to serve.
0: Um, either too busy or just struggling to see the importance of it. Like I already do enough. I don't need to, and I know you kind of touched on that, but you know, maybe there's somebody who's listening, we haven't quite convinced.
1: <laughs> um, let's see, if you're too busy to serve, then um, there's lots of things that you can do at home. Maybe you can't get there. Um, big thing I really like to do, especially when my people were smaller uh, elementary schools, they always need help um, cutting things out which seems really weird. Interesting. Um, and so there's lots of laminating that happens in schools, but even just like the, um, the, uh, the, the kindergartners, um, they need pieces to make things sometimes. And so sometimes they just need someone to cut things out. And if you can do that for a teacher who's already, I mean, we know teachers, uh, there is already having to do so much outside of their normal class time period that they are paid to be there. If you can take that off their plate, maybe they can watch a movie with their family. That's impactful too. And so it is those small little things. And so things like that, you can do at home, you can do them at midnight, you don't have to worry about something being open. Like Bob's is only at 6am, 5am. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I don't go as too early. Um, <laughs> but like, I know that I can't get up that early. I can go to the gym, but I can't get up there early, barely to go to Bob's. Um, But I know that that's already a time that I've got something going on, right? Like that's where we're going with this. Um, Or the food pantry only meets at 10 o'clock on Wednesday mornings. I am here doing work stuff, which lots of people are doing that, right? Lots of places that need help are between nine and five. Um, And so... Are there things that they've got going on a weekend? Are there events that they need help planning? Um, If you really like planning parties or other events, or you do that for your job already, like we do, um, sometimes that's something that we can step in and go, okay, I specifically know how to plan an event. I do it all the time. Here are the things that we need for this thing on Saturday. How can we help do that together? Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, weekend events, fundraising events, those are all things that you can help with.
0: For sure. I cannot um, stress enough the importance of being able to serve, um, whether it's inside your church or outside your church. There are so many people who desperately need someone to stand in the gap, you know, and we think about like one of the most frustrating things can be um, sometimes is, is trying to find new people. If you're in a smaller town, you already know everybody and everyone's kind of plugged in somewhere. It can be really, really difficult Um, but you never know, like the way that I look at it is, um, I'm, I'm never the guy. And I know that some people will disagree with this and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm never the guy who wants to just grow my church. I want to grow God's kingdom and I don't care if it's in my church or somewhere else. If I see someone who's struggling with something, I want to help and I want them to know that they're not alone. And even if your church doesn't directly benefit from it, that's okay. You know, I think sometimes we, we think in metrics of, okay, I'm going to do this thing so that I could gain more students or grow our church's budget because we have more families coming in, or I'm going to read the Bible. Right. For a, and it's all the number game. It's right? all that number game. And I think sometimes we need to just set the number game aside and just serve because God calls us to, period. You know, um, I think about one of the big things um, and it has definitely been I'll be open and honest with you. Not everyone loves that I do this. Um, And so you might you might get a little bit of flack at your church, but I think it's worth it. Um, There are a lot of churches in our town that have incredibly talented people. They just don't know it. And so there are whole youth groups. Now I'm not bashing this. I want to make this clear. There are whole whole youth groups that have the ability and the talent to have youth led worship teams or have people who can play and lead worship, but they don't have it because nobody took the time to teach them. And so I have, I've had the opportunity over the last several years here in, in Snyder to teach several students and adults, um, with the intention of getting them on the worship team at their church. Um, Literally (laughs) jump-started worship at three different churches. Um, Did it benefit our church? Not one bit. Who cares? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's the way I look at it is I have a passion and I have a gift to be able to teach other people, and we can utilize it in a way that helps them win. Because here's the thing. And and maybe you need to send this to your pastor and that's okay. Hi, senior pastor. It's okay. If another church succeeds and here's why, because when one church succeeds, we all do because we are all on the same team. We've said this a lot on the podcast, um, especially with my guests, we are better together. This is why we do this, this podcast, because it doesn't matter if you're a youth pastor in Texas or Pennsylvania or Timbuktu, you have an opportunity and you have a voice that matters. And when Melissa's church or Brent's church or Russell's church or Micah's church or my church succeeds, we all do because we're all on the same team. We've got to be about that kingdom mindset of saying, how can we, how can we serve our community and meet a need? And if that helps another church, that's a great thing. We got to take the sort of the competition mindset out and just serve people because it's what God gives us the opportunity to do. You know, I think about, yes, I think about the woman at the well, you know, um, I think about so many stories in the Bible where it wasn't, it was like completely against culture to serve that person, but Jesus served her. Why? Because she was in need.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He saw a need. He filled a need. Zacchaeus was hated because he was a tax collector, but Jesus saw him right where he yeah, was And at. he
1: didn't do it to get more people to listen to him.
0: no. That was never, that was never, I mean, even, even think about the, the man that was literally, uh, the the paralyzed man who was brought down from the ceiling because they couldn't get in any other way. It was like, Jesus, Jesus didn't plan for that. I mean, yeah, he's God. He knew it was going to happen, but he didn't plan for that. But what did he do? He stopped and he helped the guy. I even think about another, another Mm -hmm. Bible story. And this is one of my favorite, more obscure ones is, um, Jesus' last sermon in the temple before he was killed, um, he was literally giving. I mean, think about that. Jesus' last sermon in a temple. Like, this is important stuff. And somebody, like, bursts in and goes straight to where Jesus is talking and Jesus stops what he's doing and he goes and helps that person. Jesus knows this is his last sermon. Like, think about that. And yet Jesus stopped what he did. Like, he didn't, you know... Say okay, one of our our guest people can help take care of that. Like he just stopped what he was doing and he helped serve. Why? Because he saw a need and he filled the need immediately. I think that's really what it comes down to when it when it comes to serving outside of just doing it because it's the right thing to do. It's because if we're really going to model our lives like Jesus, which by the way, you're a pastor. You're called to do that. You're really you're a human being. You're called to do that. Um, we have to be about doing what Jesus did. And Jesus was about serving people period, you know? And so use those passions, use those gifts, use, um, and, and just being willing to say, I see a need. I'm going to help fill it. Yes. I think that's what it ultimately comes down to.
1: And and that's the key right there, that willingly, right? Yeah. Like we have to, to want to go help, um, and and that is a make big thing to show our kids too like how yeah. to go help but the point that we want to go mm-hmm. help
0: and let them see that for sure Man, we could talk about this all day honestly um, there's so many different possibilities and ways to serve um i know and we throw out a lot of examples for you um so you know if if you're a note taker write those things down and uh you know, start thinking through, um, talk to your, your leadership team, um, whether that's like an adult leadership team, student leadership team, or both, if you have that, that's a beautiful thing. Um, and start asking, how can we, how can we serve? How can we fit? the need from both a ministry standpoint, but then also from a personal standpoint, sit down with um, if you're married, sit down with your spouse, um, sit down with your kids. That's another really good opportunity. Um, especially like, you know, my first ministry is my wife and my son. And so how can we serve as, as just the Pruitt family? family? Um, not for any, any gain outside of just being good human beings and good parents. Right. Um, and go fill that need. And so whether it's, um, serving inside your church, or or like not really inside your church, serving outside the church with your church, or serving personally, we got to get out there and we gotta we gotta meet the needs because there's a lot in our community. Um, maybe you got to get creative, but that's a good thing. So. Thank you so much for listening. We would be so honored if you would share our podcast with your youth pastor friends on social media or tag a specific episode that really stood out to you on your favorite platform by using at Talk Student Mint. It's that same same thing on all the platforms that we're on. Um, Finally, if you would like to be on the show in the future, please reach out to us on social media or send us an email to podcast at studentministryconversations.org and we would love to set up a time for you to join us. We said this on the last podcast man, there are so many topics that we haven't hit yet. And there are so many people that have a voice and they have, um, a passion. Um, and, and maybe that's another way that you can serve is serving other youth pastors, um, by joining our conversation. So please, please reach out to us. Don't be afraid to, um, we are wanting to expand this thing. So, um, this show works because of you and with you. So, um, we want you guys to join the conversation. um, So until our next episode, have a great week and we will catch you guys on the next one.